Welcome back to the Foul Balls podcast for March 15th, 2018. We have a nine-game slate here for Thursday. And kind of weird. I think I brought this up earlier in the week. But the NBA, for whatever reason, this week decided at Wednesday, the day that they have all the games usually, they have no games. And then Tuesdays and Thursdays, when there's usually no games. Those are the heavy game uh, days for games. But guess doesn't really make too much of a difference and talk about the games now first game the Toronto Raptors at the Indiana Pacers from the Raptors side of the game uh let's see we have DeMar DeRozan Kyle Lowry at 76 and 7700 uh Lowry's had the good games recently which means that he's more expensive than DeRozan they flip-flop all the time I think DeRozan at 7600 is playable I still think Lowry's kind of safe for cash games but for GPP I prefer DeRozan between the two. I usually don't like to roster them together. From the Pacer side of the game, uh, Miles Turner's been playing much better recently, and he's still only at 6,500. So I would be on board with rostering Turner. Oladipo, I think, is also fine to roster at 8,200 just because it's kind of cheap for him. Uh, Turner's recent games, he's managed to stay out of foul trouble, which is good. Well, actually, that isn't even that true because he had five thousand four thousand last couple of games except he's still been able to play over 30 minutes of both of them but he scored uh 34 more fantasy points now in five of his last six games so at 6500 i think that he's a good gpp play yeah i think turner's my favorite play from this game because at the higher prices like with oladipo and lowry and derozan i think there are just better guys that are around the same prices maybe a little more expensive that we'll get to um it's a tough individual matchup for derozan going against oladipo so it might be a little better of a matchup for Lowry. And then the problem with using Oladipo himself, I think that Darren Collison is going to be cutting into his usage a little bit. Oladipo, part of the reason he was a stronger play that we were talking about a few weeks ago was because he gets a usage bump with Collison off the floor. Collison is still coming off the bench, but his minutes have been creeping up a little bit at a time. So I think Oladipo is fine to roster. It's a home game against the Raptors, so maybe that's like a neutral matchup. Um, but I think Oladipo, Lowry, and DeRozan are all fringe plays, and Turner is the only really strong play from this game. All right. The next game here, the Philadelphia 76ers at the New York Knicks. Joel Embiid finally had a good game last time out. It wasn't a blowout. He was able to stay out of foul trouble. His minutes were up 9,700 against the Knicks. I think that he is a good GPP play. Maybe a little risky for cash games because the Knicks are so terrible right now that I think there's a pretty decent chance of a blowout. Uh, nobody else do I really want to roster from the Sixer side of the game. For the Knicks, uh, let's see, what are their pricing? I, I think either way, because my thing's just being slow to load right now. The uh, Okay, nobody do I really see a lot of pricing value here. The Knicks' chance of a blowout, the minutes are a little bit more spread out now because uh, Courtney Lee's back, and he started over Neil Aquino last game, so they're giving Burke, Moody, Neil Aquino, Troy Williams, they just signed to a contract, Courtney Lee. It's a lot of guys to give minutes to in the backcourt. Then in the frontcourt also, uh, Canner isn't playing a ton of minutes. Uh, really tough match against the Sixers, who are top five in the league in defense efficiency, so I'm just off the next in spot. Well, isn't Tim Hardaway questionable for this game? He hurt his ankle last game. Um, is he expected to play, or do you know anything about what's going on with him? Just that he's questionable, but uh, even if he's out, I don't really think there's anybody that I'd look at as a really strong play, just because the minutes have been so spread out, and it is a tough matchup. I mean, I think we could consider someone like Troy Williams as a punt at 3,300 if he's going to play 
25 to 30 minutes or something, but that's, that's probably a little, I mean, it's definitely risky because we don't know what the Knicks are doing with their minutes. I do think the increased usage for Michael Beasley would make him worth considering um, just for his upside at 5,400. That's just a lot cheaper than he's been most of the year. And Hardaway takes up a ton of usage when he plays. So without Hardaway on the court, there's a lot more shots to go around. So I think Beasley would be a pretty good play. And then I guess the only other guy would be Neil Aquina, but only if he starts. Um, you had mentioned this last podcast that Courtney Lee being back hurts Neil Aquina's minutes. But if Hardaway doesn't play, then I think that there's a few more minutes to go around and Neil Aquina could play a little more. But I think I'd only want to use him if he's starting. So the Knicks are kind of fringy. Um, and then Embiid does have the blowout risk. So maybe a game stack involving Embiid and Beasley makes some sense if if Hardaway's out. Um, and then maybe Embiid with Hardaway if Hardaway's in. But that's probably the only angle that I would really go for this game. All right. The next game on the slate, the Charlotte Hornets at the Atlanta Hawks. From the Hornets side of the game, Kemba Walker now at 8,400, Dwight Howard at 8,500. Uh, I mean, I think that they have upside just because the matchup is so easy. But still, I don't really think there's a lot of pricing value there. And just, I'm I, I probably not a spot that I really want to go to. I would say they're not like total fades. You can have them in the player pool, but certainly not priority plays. From the Atlanta side of the game, Dwayne Dedman's all the way down to 4,700. But what have his minutes been recently? Uh, he's actually playing a decent amount of minutes. 27, 27, 30, 28. So I think that. Deadman, even in a tough matchup against Dwight Howard, is fine to play 4700 just due to the pricing. Uh, everybody else, uh, not really a lot of interest to me from the Hawks. The minister, Dennis Schroeder, we've talked about how they're difficult to predict and it's been an issue. Tyler Dorsey started for the Hawks last game, but still only ended up playing, what was it, 18 minutes? So, I mean, while I do think it's possible that we see more minutes for Dorsey in a good game, I just think there's too many guys who are getting minutes for the Hawks. They signed a bunch of guys to like 10-day contracts who they're trying to get minutes to give a look at. So just Dwayne Dedman for me. Yeah, and I think there are actually two players in this game that are going to be really popular. Uh, Torian Prince is coming off a couple really, really good games in a row. He's up to 6,800. I just think that's way too expensive for him. And then um, Dwight Howard has the whole Atlanta revenge narrative. And he was pretty high owned the last time the Hornets played the Hawks. And he had some comments about like caring a lot more or wanting to kill the Hawks or something. I mean, maybe that's worth a little bit if he is trying to block more shots or make sure he he's gets better stats. What's that? He's trying to kill people. Yeah, if he's trying to kill people, maybe that does correlate with DFS production. Um, I think that he does get a little bit of a boost because Cody Zeller is still doubtful, even with Hernan Gomez there. And Maybe the revenge narrative does make him play a little harder, which could lead to more fantasy stats, but it's not enough to make it worth rostering him on that alone, and I think it's kind of just a fair price otherwise. There are also better players in his price range who I think will be lower-owned because they don't have revenge narratives. So I would be light on Dwight Howard, if anything, definitely not using Torian Prince, and I don't think Tyler Dorsey is worth rostering either. Um, he probably will be pretty low-owned after putting up such a dud at high ownership in his last game. But the minutes are just all over the place for the Hawks. Like, I don't think there's any reason to expect Dorsey to play 30 minutes or 30-plus minutes or something. So the only really good play from this game, I think, is just Dwayne Dedman, who's underpriced, and that's kind of about it. Um, Isaiah Taylor, maybe at 3,700. And John Collins is only at 5,200 also. It does seem like the Hawks' big men are all priced down for this game. Do you know what's going on there? Is it Mike Muscala's cutting into their minutes more? Because it's still the same front court rotation they've had most of the year. 
yeah, well, it's the first time we've all been healthy, though, because at the beginning of the year, Plumlee was injured. Then Plumlee came back, and Muscala got hurt, and all of them. Oh, so Plumlee's back, too. It's four of them Collins now. Was hurt for a while. This is the, really the first time all year that they've had all four of their big men healthy. Right. I, I'd forgotten. Yeah, for a while, Miles Plumlee wasn't playing, so now everyone's getting minutes, and I think they're playing enough garbage time units that they are going kind of small ball a lot. But Miles Plumlee doesn't really play a lot of minutes. I don't know. I still think there's upside in all of Deadman and Collins and Muscala, and I'd probably rank those three guys in that order. But they all could be worth rostering. Yeah, I think uh, I, I could see Collins definitely, and I think Collins played a decent amount of minutes and was really good last game. Uh, we played minutes. He just wasn't particularly good. Uh, it's just been so long since Collins has had a really good game, I think is the bigger issue. The last time he had a game that was like a really significant fantasy game was January 24th against the Raptors. Uh, yeah, I, I guess because his price is down, he's okay. Um, but I, I still think Deadman's the only one I really want to have significant amount of exposure to. Yeah, and a slate this big, I don't, I don't think I'll roster any of Mike Muscala, so maybe a decent amount of Deadman and then just a small amount of Collins. All right, the next game here, the Chicago Bulls at the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, Zach Levine has really struggled recently. Uh, maybe it's knees bothering him a little bit because coming off that uh, the ACL surgery. His minutes are also down a little bit, which is a little concerning. Last few games, just 27, 28, 26 minutes. I still think he's worth rostering in GPPs just because he's down to 6,000 now. And the Grizzlies, not a very good defensive team, despite what some people may think about them. So I think that he is worth looking at. Noah Vonley is expected to start in place of um, who is it that who is it that's hurt? Uh, oh, Laurie Markin's hurt, and Vonley started in his place last game, and Vonley ended up playing. Vonley got in 20. foul trouble, right? That was why his minutes ended up being down. No, he played twenty-seven minutes. I thought he also got in foul trouble in the first quarter, but maybe that just didn't end up affecting his minutes anyway. No, he played. He played almost the entire first quarter. I mean, he had four fouls for the game, except it wasn't really an impact on him missing time. Like I would still expect, like twenty six to twenty eight minutes from him, and I think that's fine at his price. I think he's worth rostering for for cheap. From the Memphis side of the game, we have Tyreek Evans questionable. I just kind of assume he's not going to play. He's been questionable every game for like a month or so, and hasn't played in any of them. So I think he probably sits out again. Uh, Marcus Sol. I would say is worth rostering at 7,900, except both these teams are tanking and don't want to win. And we've seen in close games, the Grizzlies just opt to not play Gasol at all. So that is what's going to keep me off of him here. Yeah, I think Vonley is definitely safe for tanking purposes. He's a younger player that's getting minutes kind of in garbage time more than regular time. And he's starting, so Vonley is just too cheap for the expected minutes. Beyond that, yeah, it's it's a really tough game to target anyone, I think. I mean, there are definitely guys to consider like there's probably upside for Zach Levine and for Chris Dunn but there's so much uncertainty here that I don't know if I'd really use anyone outside of Vonley because both of these teams are playing kind of ridiculous rotations maybe Denzel Valentine's worth targeting I don't know they're they're, they're probably just better players in his price range too um there's just so much guesswork if you're using anyone from teams like this at this stage of the season. So I think as a general general rule of thumb, it's better to target teams that have something to play for and 
because they have something to play for, it's more predictable what their rotations will look like. Not from a motivational standpoint, just they're playing the same guys every night because they're playing the players, giving them the best chance to win. And that is not something that can be said for the Grizzlies and Bulls. And sometimes it's actually the exact opposite. So I think Vonley is really the only guy from this game that I would have significant exposure to. All right, next game is the L.A. Clippers and the Houston Rockets. Uh, I'm actually kind of surprised that this game only is a 224.5 point total. Uh, 11.5 points Houston is favored by. There is a lot of blowout risk here. The Houston are, the Houston Rockets are just really good. From the Clippers' side of the game, uh, I don't really think that there's much pricing value on anybody. I, everybody is a little bit too expensive. DeAndre Jordan up to 8,100. He's playing really well recently, but... In a game with blowout risk, I think that's just too much for me to want to pay for him. Chris Paul's up to 8600 a little too expensive for me. Harden, I think, is worth rostering compa- uh, when paired with Clint Capella. Uh, I would just be a little concerned about blowout. Well, Capella's also pretty cheap. Um, I think 6300 is a lot less expensive than he's been in quite a while. I'm just pulling up the prices on him. But he's been in the sevens for most of the year. Um, the last couple of games he's been at 64 and 65, but last week he was above 7,000. He's been as he's been close to 8,000 before. So this is basically his lowest price point of the season. And I don't know if there's much of a reason for it. His minutes are down in the last four games or so, but well, I guess they haven't been a lot of blowouts, but I guess a couple were blowouts. And then there were, there was one game where I think the Rockets were down a bunch and just went with a shooting lineup on the court. Uh, that was the game in Toronto. The other three games were all basically out of hand in the fourth quarter. So I think the blowouts are the reason that Capella's price is down. And there could be some value on him, and especially pairing him with Harden, because I do agree with you that Paul is too expensive. Uh, even in the revenge spot against the Clippers, I definitely don't care enough about that to roster Chris Paul. The Clippers are too expensive. So I think the primary targets for this game would be Capella first and then Harden second. Okay, the next game on the slate, the New Orleans Pelicans and the San Antonio Spurs. Even in a tough matchup, I think Anthony Davis is worth paying up for. 11500 The last time they played the Spurs, if I remember correctly, Davis was only 11% owned. So even though he's been ridiculously good recently, I, I don't think he's going to have significant ownership against the Spurs. Nobody else do I really want to roster from New Orleans, but I do think of Davis as just kind of matchup proof. He could be hurt by the pace a little bit of this game, except it's still a 219 point, uh, 219 and a half point total. So it's still pretty high. So I like Davis from the Pelican side of the game, from the Spurs side of the game. I think DeJounte Murray and LaMarcus Aldridge are both worth rostering. The Pelicans play at the fastest pace in the league since Cousins got hurt. So it's an up-pace matchup for the Spurs. And the Pelicans are also just total garbage on defense. Part of the reason that I agree with you on Anthony Davis is that there aren't really any other great expensive choices on this slate. Um, the other the other guy, I guess, I think I prefer Harden to Davis, but I do think it's close, and I think both are better players than LeBron, who we'll get to. But LeBron is in maybe just as tough of a matchup as Davis is, and Davis is just a better fantasy producer. He's been the highest scorer on almost every slate that he's played in. And he's not, he's not priced up really that much because I think he's priced down a little bit for the matchup. But yeah, I do agree with you on not rostering any other Pelicans guys. None of them have the floor or the ceiling that Davis has relative to their price. Miritich is only 5,600 though. Um, 
I don't know. He might be worth taking just for his upside alone, but he just hasn't been that good recently. So I don't know. That would be someone to have just a mild amount of exposure to. And then there are a good amount of Spurs to roster, especially pairing with Davis for a game stack. Um, but I definitely like Aldridge and Deontay Murray. I think those are the two strongest plays. All right. The next game here, the Phoenix Suns at the Utah Jazz. I will be off the Phoenix side of the game. A lot of blowout risk here. And also just a tough matchup. The Jazz favored by 12.5 points right now. From the Jazz side of the game, I think that you could say that, yeah, Ricky Rubio, Donald Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, any of them could have really big games and easy matchup against the Suns. But they're all really expensive, and there's a massive amount of blowout risk. So this game is a fade for me for that reason. Well, I think it's conceivable to play for the blowout a little. I'm just looking to see if there's anyone from Utah's potential garbage time lineup to play. Like, um, Jay Crowder has been playing really well with the Jazz. Well, I guess it's it's just the usage bump has led to increased fantasy production. And Crowder does come off the bench. So I think Crowder is safe because he would play crunch time minutes if the game's close. But I also think he has a chance to play the garbage time minutes anyway. And at 4,700, I think there's a pretty good case to be made for him. Um, I don't think I would roster any other Utah guys, though, unless it's a game stack. And I certainly don't want to have much Suns exposure in Utah. So maybe having a little bit of exposure to Mitchell or Rubio or Favors or even Gobert at 8,800 makes a little bit of sense. But I think I would be the highest on Crowder for this game because of better minute security and then just kind of sprinkle in some of the other guys. Uh, yeah, I'm not convinced that Crowder would play garbage time. Uh, the other thing also that I think matters a little bit for the Jazz is that Dante Exum, who was their first-round pick in 2014, has missed this entire season with shoulder surgery, and he's back for them. So I don't think he's going to play a significant amount of minutes, but I do think he would play in garbage time, but still not somebody I would want to roster, except he would still take away minutes from somebody like a Jay Crowder or Royce O'Neal. Yeah, I'm just looking at the recent games, where because the Jazz have had a lot of blowout wins recently. Um, Crowder played 24 minutes last game in a 31 point win over the Pistons, but he played 32 minutes the game before that in a 17 point win that I guess was a little more in hand until late. They won by 17 at Memphis. He played 34 minutes in that game. And the that game, was a close game. They took the starters out with like 30 seconds left in the Memphis game. Even, yeah. Even though they won it by 17, I guess maybe it was one of those games where they were up 12 or so late and then extended it in garbage time. Um, yeah, I guess maybe you're right. I mean, I think Crowder, it seems like he's playing somewhere in the 25 to 35 minute range regardless. So in a blowout, maybe he only gets 25, but that still doesn't kill you at 4,700. And if the game does stay reasonably close, maybe he plays in the low 30s. Um, yeah, I guess he's he's probably not one of my favorite plays, but he's by far my favorite play on the Jazz. All right. The next game on the slate is the Detroit Pistons and the Denver Nuggets. I think this is one of the better games to target on the slate. Ish Smith's price is only down to 4900 He hasn't been playing well recently, except Dwight Bikes is questionable to play and potential for extra minutes for Ish Smith if Bikes is out again. Reggie Bullock's questionable, so that could potentially lead to more minutes for James Ennis and Stanley Johnson. Blake Griffin, I think, is a bit too cheap at, at 7800 Andre Drummond is ridiculously cheap at 8300 So, strong spot for the Pistons, in my opinion. From the Nuggets side of the game, we have Nikola Jokic at 8,900. I think he's a good play. Uh, Paul Millsap at 6,100. Gary Harris at 6,300. Jamal Murray at 6,400. I like this game as a stack a lot, and I think that this would be the game to have 
most exposure to. Yeah, I agree with you. This is definitely a really strong stack spot. Um, the total for the game is at, just looking for if there's any betting information on it. It's only 216, but everyone's just underpriced. I think that's the bottom line because the Nuggets are playing slower with Millsap. The Pistons are playing faster with Griffin, but they're still not really a high-paced team. It's just the pricing on everybody, especially Drummond and Jokic. And then I think there are enough other guys that you said who are worth using too. But Drummond, yeah, I guess Ish Smith and Jokic. Um, and we, I guess we mentioned a bunch of other players priced around 8000 But I think we'd both agree that Drummond and Jokic are much better plays in that price range than any of the other guys we've mentioned so far. And I also think Jokic would be pretty low-owned because he was he just didn't play a lot of minutes his last game. Um, so it could actually be semi-contrarian. And it's not a game with a huge total either, so it's not like this will be a really popular stack spot. All right. Uh, final game on the slate, the Cleveland Cavaliers at the Portland Trailblazers. From the Cavs side of the game, Larry Nance Jr. and Rodney Hood are both questionable to play. If both of them sit, I would have to think that Jeff Green plays a ton of minutes at 4,400. There will also be extra minutes available to George Hill and Jordan Clarkson. Uh, Zizic at 3,500. He would have to play a lot of minutes if Larry Nance is out. They have no other big men on the roster. So without Nance, Zizic is my favorite punt play on the slate just because he has to play. Uh, LeBron, obviously, kind of always fine to pay up for. So he'd be fine target from the Portland side of the game. Lillard's been playing really well recently. I'm fine with using him at 9,600. I also think that this game makes some sense for game stacks. If you go Lillard with, say, LeBron and... You know, maybe like Jeff Green and Zizic if uh, Hood and Nance are out. The amount that I want to stack this game really depends on if Hood and or Nance are available or not, though. Well, I think that it's you can kind of go both ways with the game stack situation if Hood and Nance are out. Because, yes, the Cavs have more individual player value, but they have a much less, I guess, much lower chance of keeping the game close if it's just LeBron and a bunch of backups. Like, the Blazers are five-and-a-half-point favorites now. And that's probably with the public bias towards the Cavs and sharp money on Portland. Uh, this line opened at Blazers minus four, and they're already up to five and a half. I think it would go even higher if Nance and Hood don't play. So, like, I'm not predicting a blowout here, but it's not impossible. The Cavs did get blown out in L.A. against the Clippers. I definitely like Lillard. I actually think Turner and Aminu are probably too cheap also. Um, and then I would certainly use the Cavs punt plays like Jeff Green and Zizic. If Nance and Hood are out, or just one or the other, I guess if Hood's out, Green's a better play. If Nance is out, Zizic is a better play. If both are out, then all of those cheap Cavs guys make sense. But I don't really think I would use much LeBron, because I think Harden and Davis are just better plays. And I think you can kind of just build a more balanced lineup, too, where you have Jokic and Drummond, and then maybe Lillard, and then a bunch of mid-priced guys. So I'm definitely willing to target the cheap Cavs if the injuries fall the way we think. But I don't really think I'll have much LeBron on this slate. Uh, okay, so that will finish today's podcast. You can follow me on Twitter, GRMBerDFS. Master handles at Preaching Sense. We'll be back for Friday slate.